Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the Chatter After, where we talk about all of our favorite movies. We wax poetic about the movies that we love, hate, or things that we just find are worth talking about. All movies have something to say, and we try to analyze what they capture. Again, welcome to the Chatter After. On this episode of the Chatter After, we are talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the sequel to the first Doctor Strange movie, which came out in 2016. It's been a long road um, to this Doctor Strange sequel, because he's been in Infinity War, he's been in Endgame, he's been in Spider-Man No Way Home, and now he finally gets a proper a proper sequel for his storyline. Joining me to talk about this movie, though, is none other than my good friend, Nate Richard. Nate, thanks for joining me again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And of course, Christian, this is your first time here. Yeah. Thank first you. First off, Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Give you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I just no, but like seriously, a really thank you so much for having me. host. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I got the, you know, and we had some bad takes going on here. We got the, the nice little air horn. It's fun stuff. But seriously, thank you so much for having me on um, to, to the Chatter After uh, podcast. It's it's an honor, really. And I don't really, um, I don't really get a chance to guest on anyone else's podcast as much because I'm just so busy and like, but I, I'm glad that I'm here and I'm ready to talk some uh, Doctor Strange too. Yes. So, guys, if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, this is a spoiler-filled discussion. If you want spoiler-free, I'm going to link everybody's reviews in the description down below. I know, Christian, you guys had a spoiler-free podcast, right, for Film Optics? Correct. So that's going to be down below. So is my review. And, Nate, if you have any reviews, that's going to be in the description, the description too. Um, okay. But with that said, this is spoilers galore leave that's all i have to say we'll see you next time <laughs> turn back now <laughs> so guys i want to know your first thoughts on this movie because it just starts and goes like it might have the fastest start to any mcu movie in the last six years or so um, i'm gonna start with you nate the opening of this film is just hits it hits the ground running and it kind of caught me off guard a little bit what were your thoughts on like how we got into this whole story with America Chavez? Right away, I was kind of put off. Like I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, because that opening dream sequence, I don't know if it was intentional or not. And like I wasn't seeing it in an IMAX screen, but like the visual effects right catching me off guard, and then like everything was just happening all at once. And it's yeah. like even with wanda's like reveal when she's talking with uh strange it's like boom no i'm already evil it's like yeah yeah it's just it start it just starts the car and then is going fast and furious start to finish i loved wandavision i loved everything we did with her character was it kind of weird how it feels like we skipped a step we saw her with the dark hold in the at the end of WandaVision, and all of a sudden, she's the bad guy. She's the bad guy. She just, you know, does whatever. Um, <laughs> it's so my my initial reaction for this, um, I put it on Letterbox. I guess I'll just read it really quick. 
Um, I pretty much said that, you know, the film is a wild ride from like start to finish. I love the visual effects. Like, holy crap, it's amazing. They're impressive. And I feel like we have taken a little bit more of a deeper dive into the multiverse. Um, some things do feel very surface level still, but like great performances with Elizabeth Olsen and Benedict Cumberbatch and everyone involved. And But it, it felt more like a Disney Plus TV special. Like, this felt like episode 10 of WandaVision, where they're like, hey, sorry, you know, it was supposed to be 10 episodes for WandaVision, and then it got cut for COVID. Um, I, I, I feel, I see what you're saying, though, Mike, because, um, as I said on our, uh, on our non-spoiler review, uh, or spoiler-free, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, it feels like there's, like, a first act missing. Like, it's weird, because, like you said, towards yeah. the end of, of WandaVision, we see her with the dark hold. And I guess it's just one of those things where, you know, things happen off screen. You know, we, we see it with the Star Wars and things of that nature, um, especially from like A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back. It's like, oh, you know, Luke finally meets up with the Resistance, but he doesn't, we don't really see him spending that much time like getting to know the Resistance in A New Hope. We see it more so in Empire Strikes Back where it's like, oh, you know, time skip. And then, you know, they're just doing whatever. But right. It felt a little off, but it, it but it it paid off for at least Elizabeth Olsen because her character is so layered. And I mean, I love my girl. I don't care how crazy she gets. <laughs> she's my girl through and through. I I'm in her corner. Like she has always been. She's she's my favorite female Avenger. And I mean, next to Spider Man, like within the MCU, she she ranks number two. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, I, I've I've always loved her character. I mean, her being you know, quote unquote, a mutant. But you know, we well, the Mar Marvel wasn't able to call them mutants there for a while, but now they still haven't. But you know, I'm sure they're figuring that out. But yeah. overall, I really liked this. I, I liked the story. It just I just had a few issues with it with the pacing. Uh, unfortunately, American Chavez. I I loved her character, but I wish they would have done more with her. Uh, she felt more of like a damsel in distress. I felt like she could have done more displaying the power that she had. Um, since this is a spoiler review, um, you know, with her having the ability to jump between different multiverses and she doesn't dream. So I guess that's, uh, <laughs> that's what she says in the movie because, you know, we see that Wanda has these dreams it's, uh, with about her children. And then we see the dream that, uh, Dr. Strange has about America Chavez and other versions of himself, but yeah. they're like, it's, it, it is a good movie. It's just, there's a few missing parts, but like, it's, it's good, just not great, but I still enjoyed it all the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's interesting. You bring up America Chavez because that's a character that I don't know. It's, it's, it's again, it's weird. Cause the movie feels like we skipped a step. We just meet her with, mm. I guess we're calling him Supreme Strange, right? Yeah. This variant of, of Doctor Strange. And they're already, it feels like in another movie. And she just falls into our 616 universe. Like, literally yeah. falls into our Strange's lap. And he's stuck with her. And I, I don't know. I think that's what kind of made it a little off-putting for me. Because it's like, okay, we're in the middle of something. And we're trying to catch up the entire time. And I don't think we ever fully get a grasp on things the way, at least I wanted to. I don't know about you, Nate. Like, do you think introducing America that way, or like Christian was saying, her being like a damsel in distress and being virtually helpless the entire time, 
that affect your enjoyment of the movie at all? It kind of did, unfortunately. Overall, I did like the movie, but, like, I know she's pretty popular in the comics. Like, I know she's a well-received character, but here, she just felt like a walking MacGuffin to me. It was really just, like, oh, we need a way to get through the multiverse. Like, does she have that multiverse hopping power in the comics? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is her. I'm not... uh big on America Chavez storylines in the Young Avengers, but I'm pretty sure that is a consistent through line in the comic books where she can't hop between the multiverse. Mm. Yeah, I've been writing a comic in years, so I would not know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, I, it feels thematic, but I think they could have done more with it, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the actress did a good job. Um, I, I can't pronounce her name. Her her first name, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like Suchi Gomez. Yeah, like she was really good, and I like how Marvel is getting more and more into the more like the Gen Z superheroes. Yeah, mm-hmm. something that <laughs> popped into my mind like earlier today is like all of us got into superheroes when you know we were kids, and it's like most of these superheroes are adults. I like seeing that more youthful kind of energy that we see with her, that we see even with Spider-Man, or what we'll see with Miss Marvel. And I like that presence that Miss um, Gomez, I'll just call her that, uh, mm. brought to the role of uh, America Chavez, where I think I think she might, in a, the MCU, I know in a lot of superhero movies, they usually age these characters up quite a bit. And I think in the comics, she's actually older, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. She's a member of the Young Avengers, so she's probably in that 16 to 20 range. Okay. And the actress is 16, so she's like right at the the younger side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so used to like movie teenagers looking like me. (laughs) (laughs) Like looking like Toby like Yeah, it's it's like in Spider-Man One where the guy who played the the teacher when they went to the lab was actually younger like in actual age than like toby Maguire and kirsten dunst like the black dude with like the, the bald head where he's mm-hmm. he, he's like don't interrupt this class one more time i'm like bro you're younger than me though like, <laughs> yeah. those are the days those are the days <laughs> especially since you look at you look at marvel and zendaya and tom holland are still playing high schoolers like they're finally yeah. getting to college age from the last movie. And so it's interesting how they decide to actually get somebody who is a teenager to play a teenager yeah. for like the yeah. first time ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, great job, guys. Great call. It, but it works, though. It, it gave a layer of like authenticity to that character. It did. Um, because yeah. you really felt like she was this young girl who was scared and in trouble, even though that's mm. not the character America Chavez is in the comic books. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, but, I mean, adaptation, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so, as a multiversal movie, I want to ask you guys this. I don't think this film did a good job presenting the multiverse coming off of Spider-Man, coming off of Loki, uh, because we yeah. see all these different variants, right? Like, we see a variant of Mordo, and Doctor Strange literally says, you're the exact same in every universe. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, coming off of Spider-Man, where we have three different Peters who are just 
distinctly different. Like those trilogy, those franchises are completely different from one another. Was it kind of weird how every version of Strange felt like Strange and every version of Wanda was kind of like Wanda? Um, yeah. I would say, because so like when you're looking at Loki, obviously we've, we've seen different variants of Loki and, you know, Sylvie and whatnot, uh, even Alligator Loki or the Thor <laughs> or the Loki that actually killed Thor in their universe. Yeah. I, I, I guess like when it comes to the multiverse stuff, like it's, it's weird, but if you really think about it, it's like, it's like between Tony Stark and uh, Stephen Strange, those two, like their egos are so big and they're so they're so bullheaded that like and so stubborn that it's kind of funny and it kind of makes sense that like Strange is like essentially the same across every universe because of how of what his character is, mm-hmm. but I mean. I, I see what you guys are coming from, but I just think it's funny that, like, yeah, like, Dr. Stephen Strange is that stubborn. Like, he's basically a Taurus. <laughs> but he, he's that stubborn and that bullheaded that, like, every variant of him, more or less, he's he's just the same, like, egotistical type person. Because I feel like if we ever got a variant with, like, Tony Stark, it would be the same thing. Because it's just, like, how strong of his... I guess his personality is, but maybe I, I don't really know. I, th- I just he's thought it was so set funny. in his ways that across yeah. thousands of realities, <laughs> pretty much the same dude. Same dude. Maybe a little bit different here or there, but yeah, it's it's really funny how they did that though. Yeah, um, I'll get to you, Nate, in a sec. I just want to say one <laughs> thing, right quick, because when you give it the title "Multiverse of Madness," and it's it's weird because it's a very personal story really about Wanda Maximoff and a little bit about Stephen Strange. I just want, like, I thought that alternate version of Wanda would actually fight back and we would get Scarlet Witch versus Scarlet Witch. That's the type of stuff that I was expecting and it kind of just fizzles out. Like, yeah. anyway, what are your thoughts, Nate? See, the scene that I like best with because I, I know I criticized the visual effects at the beginning, but the scene where they're first jumping through the multiverse and it shows the place with, like, the dinosaurs and, like, the world with, like, paint and all those yeah. different things. I'm like, is this what the movie's going to be? Because, like, now this this could be, like, the best Marvel movie if it, like, goes and does that. But A I was surprised. Animated. <laughs> yeah. Just go that route. But it, part of me just... They kept, they were stuck in that one multiverse where, like, the only difference was everything's a little more futuristic, uh, the traffic lights are reversed, and uh, pizzas come in the form of balls. And it's, I'm glad that they didn't go, like, all in on, like, fan service with, like, cameos and getting, like, oh, we're going to get Eric Bana back as Hulk and Nicolas Cage back as Ghost Rider. Would that have been kind of cool? Yeah, but at the same time, I'm glad they kept it to that personal story. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be walking into this movie thinking this is going to be No Way Home times, like, 10. And it's going to call back to every Marvel movie, like, pre-MCU. And it it's not that at all. And it's really not even connected to No Way Home that much. They mentioned spider-man a couple of times it's not really even a sequel to 
the first Doctor Strange because Chuito Ejiofor, it's not the same one that was in the first one. And like right. the post credit scene of that first movie was showing like, oh, he's going to be like how he is in the comics, like Doctor Strange's biggest like enemy. And uh, no, he it's a different variant there. And uh, really the only Wong is still there, but he's kind of been showing up everywhere in the MCU now. I know he's rumored to show up in other like upcoming projects as well. Yeah. Um, but it felt more like a sequel to WandaVision. Like you're saying, Christian, it, it was like that one, it's like the lost episode yep. of WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I mean, it, I'm not that mad finale about it. that was missing Doctor Strange, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, because, I mean, we, we know they did reshoots for this, and actually yeah. Yeah. on on our uh, spoiler-free review, I accidentally, so IMDb has done this a few times. So if you go to IMDb, I'm not sure if they changed it or not, but it's like the original synopsis um, prior, like uh, pre-reshoots. But Ron Tomatoes has like the updated synopsis because the IMDb one kind of talks about how Wanda teams up with Doctor Strange and Wong and a few others to um, essentially um, reverse a spell that Doctor Strange has casted. Um, much like he kind of didn't know way home, but that was more so Spider-Man kind of intervening. But I was like, yeah, that's, that's not right. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's probably an outdated um, synopsis. But it's, I mean, like we said, it's, it is more, it feels more like WandaVision, which is fine. It's just... Um, it's somewhere along the line, like, obviously, I'm sure they had plans for Doctor Strange, too, but, like, I feel like we're kind of done with, like, this, the quote-unquote solo movies, where it's, like, you know, these, you know, Captain America, one, two, and three, Iron Man, one, two, and three, Spider-Man, one, two, and three, where, you know, like, now that the multiverse is here, I mean, we've seen a lot of, like, guest stars within each, uh, within, like, especially within Phase 4 and Phase 3. Um, of heroes, but now it's just like everything's so open and so vast that anything can happen. So I feel like, at least for Doctor Strange, because he kind of like, even though he's not the Sorcerer Supreme, he still kind of is. Like, he's kind of the new unofficial leader of the Avengers because, I mean, you know, he's just as bullheaded as Tony Stark, just as egotistical, but. Since we we don't we're not gonna get an Avengers movie for a while, so I really don't know what their plan is. We know that Kevin Feige yeah. is they're doing that retreat for like the next ten years to like plan out things, but like eventually all this has to come to an end. But I I mean they're planning out things, which is good, unlike Star Wars. But <laughs> I would like I, I just I want to know how long this is actually going to run for, like the whole Marvel cinematic universe type thing like is it just gonna be forever like are we still gonna be here at 60 years old oh my god Doctor Strange 76 was amazing like <laughs> spider-man 42 I, I feel like that's what the multiverse is trying to set up right like we can go to a universe because they already established that spider-man looks different in different realities yeah so we can we can go to a universe where Doctor Strange isn't played by Benedict Cumberbatch because he doesn't want to do the role anymore, or we see T'Challa and Steve and Tony mm. on like the Ultimates universe, for example, right? I know nobody likes that Earth, but I'm just using that as an example since the MCU is 616. So 
I could see them doing something like that. I guess my thing with the WandaVision um, comparisons is that I'm fine with team-up movies. I wanted a Doctor Strange movie. I agree. And it's, mm. it's weird because yeah. it is telling this surprisingly personal story, even though it's in the multiverse. But it's not about Steven, really. It's about Wanda. And no, <laughs> yeah, and when that when that needle drop happened, theater cheered. <laughs> Dude, same. I was like, "Let's go!" Like, oh, I was. Uh, it transported me back. I just, I loved it. And then, yeah, it's like it, at this point, it should just been a Wanda Maximoff movie, like it really starring Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah, it probably would have been better served that way because you think about it. We open with Christine's wedding. And we keep posing the question, why isn't he happy? Will he be happy? Mm-hmm. And it, maybe I missed it, but I don't think it was ever really answered what's going to make him happy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Because it's like no matter what universe he was in with Christine, they never resol- they, they never work things out. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and that kind of calls back to, um, you know, the What If series, which, by the way, I feel like Kevin Feige kind of dropped the ball with that because originally he said that, yeah, all these MCU movies and these new TV series, you have to watch the series in order to understand the movies. Then they backtracked on that. Um, that was a bit BS, but because it's like, there's so many things that like, we get, Captain Carter. We, um, we obviously get kind of like the dark uh, sorcerers or not, or the uh, the dark uh, Doctor Strange kind of sorta, or at least zombies. Strange yeah. yeah, Strange Supreme or zombie yeah. Strange and stuff like that. But I, I I love how we get Billy and Tommy back, and you know Speed and Wiccan, but like in every other universe, they're never using their powers. And like I want to see these little mm, these these little rugrats like just start wrecking. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Like I was surprised gonna... <laughs> we didn't see vision in those realities either. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah. that too. I get. I don't know. Like, do all these realities kind of just run the course, or is every Wanda the same age? You know, is every Doctor Strange the same age? Or, I don't really know. But apparently, with Spider Man, that's not the case. So, yeah, that's also the Sony universe. So, so maybe it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Spider Man doesn't exist in the Sony universe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, As we but, know, <laughs> he's a myth. <laughs> yeah, he's a myth, and even if he was real, he'd be a menace, as J.K. Simmons would say. <laughs> but Nate, like, how are you how are you feeling about what we've been talking about the last couple minutes? Just that I I felt like with the Wanda stuff, it I know like Doctor Strange. I guess it kind of sells a little more than. Scarlet Witch, but back to what we we're saying about the reshoots, I felt like the reshoots were a response to like the phenomenon that WandaVision was. Yeah, because I feel like more than any other MCU TV show, except probably up to Moon Knight now, I don't think any of the Marvel shows really dominated the conversation like WandaVision did, where it got even like non comic book people talking about WandaVision, like people like my parents who like like the callbacks to shows like Bewitched or uh, All in the Family. Like that's what they watched that for. And then they got invested in that story versus something like uh, Loki or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I feel like 
we might have liked those. We might have been keeping up to date in our circles, but at yeah. the same time, it's not like everybody was like talking about it. It's not like your neighbor, your next door neighbor, asks you all about it and wants to like discuss what happened. And I feel like a lot of this is just like Marvel almost being reactive, like how we've seen DC be and how we've seen even Star Wars be, where they're just like, wait, people actually really like Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. We got to like make this role like bigger. We can't just have her play like second fiddle because right. I, I feel like the standalone like sequels to these solo movies, it kind of ended with Civil War in a way like that was the first big sequel where it was like a co-star between captain america and iron man and then you had thor ragnarok which was co-starring thor and hulk and then we have thor 4 coming love and thunder that's going to be co-starring thor and then jane foster's mighty thor and then guardians of the galaxy are showing up in that as well and there's just things like that that are just I feel like it's gotten to a point where they don't know exactly what they're doing in this phase and it's I get the multiverse stuff but like the only reference we've had of like Kane the Conqueror who's supposedly the next big villain yeah yeah we haven't seen much but Loki was the last time yeah. we saw him the, the first the and only time, time we saw. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Jonathan Majors. Oh. I thought they said Loki was going to tie into Multiverse of Madness, but I didn't see any like connective tissue I whatsoever. Wonder if that was prior. I wonder if that was prior to the reshoots. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Because like out of nowhere, we just got like another like oh like you know Doctor Strange's uh, Multiverse of Madness is doing reshoots. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. You'd think it'd be to add more multiversal cameos and stuff, yeah. to it, right? But it it felt like it was just changing the overall story structure. It's taking, taking, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, because you think about it, Kevin Feige when he announced it, he said multiverse of madness, WandaVision, Spider Man. That's essentially a multiverse trilogy, and Loki kind of fills the gaps, and none of that happens. They're all mm. independent of each other. Like think yeah. about Spider Man is Peter's own thing that Doctor Strange helps him out with and inadvertently causes. This, you think would be, I feel like a plot would be the TVA comes after Doctor Strange for messing with the timeline and the multiverse and all that stuff, but instead, it's America randomly showing up with multiversal powers. And so it, it doesn't feel like these were supposed to connect, even though that's how they kind of marketed all of these projects. Mm. And I think, again... If this was a solo, like, Doctor Strange-centric story, and the multiverse was around it, it wouldn't be a big deal. But since it's a Wanda story, it doesn't connect to WandaVision as much as it probably could have if it was just a Wanda movie. Right. So you're kind of shortchanging all of it when you think about it. Because, again, you set all that stuff up with Christine and even Mordo, which having Strange and Mordo have beef throughout the entire multiverse is an interesting concept. Mm. But we don't follow through with it because we have to go to the next world that's pretty bland and uninteresting. <laughs> like, I feel like going to the, go, like, if you're going to have, you know, Xavier, go to the X Men universe. 
just do it. Just go to the Logan universe. You know, you have Hugh Jackman in a Western for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. It's, I mean, because I guess this is from Culture Crave I found earlier. Uh, I guess Kevin Feige confirmed that King dying and Loki allowed Doctor Strange's spell in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home to go wrong. And he's saying, you know, there's always a method to the madness. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we know how No Way Home connects to everything that happened to Loki because that seems to be the, you know, the the main thing that caused this whole multiverse type thing and it's like when does multiverse of madness happen in phase four because like like you guys said we're seeing it in some disney plus shows but like things like hawkeye well actually i think that happens after spider-man no way home i believe so because the tree the christmas trees back up and i think they they mm-hmm. mentioned or is it before i think it was after because they I... meant they mentioned that the um, statue of liberty was destroyed with with the new cap shield and they had to like rebuild it again so i think it does happen after no way home it has to well yelena says she wants to go see the new statue of liberty so i guess it is finished so that would make sense yeah yeah so yeah. it's it, it just depends on where where it's falling but i i see what you guys just it it seems like they're, they're taking bits and like they're taking bits from like a doctor strange story that they want to tell and then from wanda and then like oh let's throw in america chavez and like it's fine this is how they introduce America Chavez because, you know, she, she's this time-traveling, you know, superhero uh, type or young Avenger, essentially. But I, yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if, like, how, how they're going to tie her to the young Avengers. I guess she's now in, you know, 616 because every, she thinks that, you know, she killed her parents. But nine times out of ten, she just transported them somewhere else. So it's like, I don't really think her parents are dead, but... It's like what she's visited seventy something universes so far, um, yeah. and one thing I actually know it's between this and everything everywhere all at once, you know how yeah. they do like the <laughs> the time jumping or you know they're borrowing like skills from someone else like another version. Yeah. They kind of do that with the Book of the Damned with Wanda, but she's controlling another her, which is weird. But like it's kind of the same. I don't know. But it, it, there, there's so many good things about this. But it's like they kind of miss in other ways. But I need to see it again to really understand. Yeah. Or yeah, sink my teeth into it. Sorry, rant over. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. Uh, you mentioned everything, everywhere. Great movie. Um, I didn't ex- out of the two. I didn't expect that one to be the one I enjoyed more. <laughs> I agree, man. It's the start of the year, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the the good things we liked about this movie, right? Because we're harping on a lot of the negatives, but I feel like we all enjoyed this movie for the oh, most yeah. part. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to make sure we don't just keep harping on the issues. <laughs> um, first off, this was a horror movie, essentially, right? This was Marvel's <laughs> horror yeah. movie. Yeah. How do you guys think about Sam Raimi coming back in the director's chair? Oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yes. Like this, this movie is. No, do not take your kids to see this movie. Because um, <laughs> they will have nightmares for weeks. <laughs> Everything they have with Wanda, like I mean, just ah, uh, the way that she killed Xavier, I was like, oh my what? god, go. 
but I will say, like, I, I love, I loved Wanda's story. Like I said before, you know, she's my second favorite superhero in the MCU. I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it was so deep and like, she's like one of the most layered people out, like characters out there. I've, you know, we've, I've kind of talked, touched on the CGI. I was like, that looked phenomenal. The jokes landed 100%. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I loved what they were trying to, you know, it, this, I feel like it was fractured and crazy um, on purpose because, I mean, that it's, you know, all the madness, but Sam Raimi coming back, like, and I, we, we kind of talked about this in our non-spoiler with uh, Amanda from AM, uh, AMX NDA Reviews from Candid Cinema and Collider. Um, she, she had mentioned that it was, it, it, this movie does not, she mentioned that this movie does not work without Sam Raimi. Cause like she said, if you put any other director in the chair, it's not going to work because this is supposed to be that crazy type nightmarish fever dream type of episode within the MCU we're supposed to get, or at least I, I like to view the, I like to view the MCU as like another comic run obviously but it's like you know it's its own thing and i feel like people forget that where it's like okay like in this universe 616 not you know earth 999 whatever whatever or 6969 whatever the heck you want to call it it's in this universe (laughs) how you know everything goes the way it's supposed to and it's like I mean, I would love to see, like, I, I just, I view it more as a comic run. People are like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's not going to come back. And it's like, what what happened to Wanda, though? Like, where where is she? Where is she? Did she just, poof? Like, I know my girl did not get killed by a pile of rubble. Because I saw that little red thing towards the end. I was like, where is she? <laughs> that's a brutal death scene if that's what that really was. Yeah. I don't need another Game of Thrones um, <laughs> rubble kill scene with... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting off track. <laughs> but there's so much I love about this movie. To answer your, your question, Mike, mainly everything mm. with Wanda. I mean, I loved seeing, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch back as Doctor Strange. Like I said oh, yeah. before, the He's jokes great. land and it's I mean, it, I mean, the story does what it's supposed to. Like, it really tugs at the heartstrings. I mean, just seeing all the cameos as well. Like, I was not yes. spoiled <laughs> by the cameos. I was. So when I saw, I mean, we, we knew Xavier was there. He was rolling this big, like, Hummer-esque, like, type, <laughs> uh, you know, chair that he had rocking. But when I saw, when I saw Monica Rambo, um, the other guy from Inhumans, I think it was. I never saw that show. Um, I, that's the one I like. <laughs> out of all of the cameos, first that, that's the one that, that got. That's like, the one oh, that got. Yeah. I I watched that crappy Inhuman show pretty much from start to finish, and I'm just like, wash your soul. <laughs> really, out of all of the cameos we could have gotten, we could have got Ben Affleck's Daredevil, and this is what you guys decided to do. <laughs> I thought that was so funny though. But then re. Like seeing great. John Krasinski's Reed Richards, yes, is what blew my mind. I had no clue that was coming. No clue. I was like, I I swear I'm the only person in my credit screen. I was like, ah, ah. I was like, oh my gosh. And everyone's like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? Like, just some, <laughs> just some dude with you know, guys needs to shave is in a blue suit. I'm like, that, that's him. Like you know, the, the ultimate fan casting people have been asking for forever. And I was like, 
wow. And then seeing, you know, Monica Rambeau as um, Captain Marvel, like, it, it was a great lineup. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Nate, what are, you, what are your thoughts on... Christian went on a big tangent. I'm like, so I sorry. I, I get this. <laughs> no, I do apologize. I, I love it. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. Nate, you can back. You can work your way back to Sam Raimi's direction if you want. But let's just—we're here. Let's just go. The Illuminati. All right. I the Illuminati. Unfortunately, I'll go back to Sam Raimi shortly. But the Illuminati, like I had that spoiled. I was just like cruising Twitter like on Sunday, like after a run, and then I just had like a blip of it. Like so and so just took out all the Illuminati. I'm like. Damn it. Like, I was so... Did you know who was like, in the Illuminati, or just know that they would get axed off? I saw Black Bolt, mm. and I saw John Krasinski. No! Oh. And those were the two, like, cool surprises. But at the same... Because I already knew Captain Carter. Marvel spoiled Captain Carter. They, they, in they the TV spot. <laughs> and they spoiled... Professor Xavier, so, like, the only one that... And they kind of spoiled Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel, because you saw that in the trailer. Right. Like, the only one... Who was the other one that I'm forgetting? Um, The only one left was Mordo. Mordo. Yeah, but, he was the only one. Oh, we yeah, he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it was still so cool, because, like, I clicked away so fast, I didn't see, like, how they looked. And... Just seeing John Krasinski finally as Mr. Fantastic just made me so happy. And my theater, it was a press screening, but still, everybody was, like, applauding that scene when he shows up yeah. and uh, the scene where Bruce Campbell shows up. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, Campbell, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pizza Papa. <laughs> that, that was amazing. But just seeing them there and then the comment Dr. Strange makes about... Uh, Black Bolt having a fork on his head, almost making him kind of a butt of a lot of the, like, the jokes. Yeah. Almost, they still made him cool, but they still made, they still kind of tease that, like, character. And I like that, because, like, I think they're aware that they really messed up with, like, the Inhumans, because they were, for a while, I remember, like, before Age of Ultron came out, when uh, they announced all those films at that event, they were hyping up like Inhumans, like it was going to be like their big thing. And then Marvel's only couple... failure, right? <laughs> yeah. And then a couple years later, like Disney buys Fox, so now we have X Men. See you guys. So just seeing, and the costumes were actually cool. Like even for Black Bolt, I thought it was. Actually, better than I would have expected it to look. And then I do hope that we do continue to see like John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I don't know if that was just like a stunt casting, like the Evan Peters and WandaVision. Because again, what you guys were saying about the personalities of Strange and Tony Stark, Reed Richards is very similar, where he's very, he's incredibly intelligent, he's very in his own head. I, I, I don't know how. I was gonna say I don't know how much you guys are into Fantastic Four comic books, but there's literally like the Council of Reeds, where it's just a <laughs> yeah. an Illuminati essentially of just Reed Richards. <laughs> so it could yeah. be something like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
But then seeing Wanda, like when it shows like the security footage of her walking in, you're just like, oh shit. Like what? And then <laughs> and then when she like just out and out kills Black Bolt, it's like I know I feel like some people are gonna be like some like diehard like Marvel fans will be mad about that, but that's what I loved about this movie was like yeah. the audacity to do that. Like they're not it kind of proved to me like I become a little bit of a hipster where it's like, oh, they're just into crowd pleasing. No, they literally introduced John Krasinski and then made him into string cheese like minutes later. It I was find that so heartbreaking too, because she's like it, was. it shows how big of a hypocrite Wanda was in that moment because yeah. she kills him and all like, well, at least Franklin has his mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, she said, I'm being merciful. And then she was done with being merciful. She said, okay. She said, all right, I'll, you know, the gloves are coming off. And I, I, I imagine it was funny how they introduced the Illuminati and then everyone just gets mowed down by Wanda. I can only <laughs> yeah. imagine it's kind of like when Anakin finally turns to the dark side. You know, yeah. you have the Mace Windu rolling up with all these Jedi to come, you know, take over Emperor Palpatine. And then they just, <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were Jedi. Like, you just, yeah. oh my God, he's so, so powerful. And it's like, I'm being overpowered. And it, it's so funny. That's kind of how it reminds me of. Or like, it's kind of like the scene, the off screen scene of Anakin, like, killing off the younglings. Yeah. Like the one mm. yeah. She, she just, one by one, and the only one that really takes a little bit. Um, you know, for the fight was Monica Rambeau, and it's like, okay, you know, Captain Marvel's gonna come in and take care of this. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, well, we are talking about the one hero that almost single-handedly took down Thanos. Yeah. And, whew, she, she just goes off. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the most brutal kills for me were Black Bolt and my girl, Captain Carter. That was yeah. just oh, like dude. you have the great moment of her saying, "I can do this all day." Yeah, and then you just she looks take great, her out by like the way. seconds late. Oh yeah, really? Well, fantastic. Oh, I yeah. want them to revisit that character. Yeah, but I too. feel like that might have been it. <laughs> yeah, I did not expect him to die that quickly. I was like, "Oh, so this is the way it's going." <laughs> yeah. But I feel like only Sam Raimi could have pulled that off. So like, go into that yeah. comment, like. I remember when Scott Derrickson, like, dropped out of directing, and it was right before COVID, like, months before everything shut down. I think it was, like, January 2020. And, like, I was like, that's a little weird, because he was, like, so passionate about that first Doctor Strange. And I liked that first movie, but it wasn't, like, the best Marvel Marvel movie or anything. But then when they announced, like, Sam Raimi, I'm like, that's a little odd, because it's like, he's an even more distinct director than a Scott Derrickson, who will just kind of do, you know, a Marvel movie. And, like, Sam Raimi, his Spider-Man movies, like, I just rewatched those right before I saw No Way Home during uh, Christmas time. And it's like, those movies feel so distinct. And I'm like, how are they going to go about this? Because I feel like I'm going to harp on Marvel just a little bit. I feel like some of these directors that they bring in, they have such, like, creative voices, but then they kind of, like, cut like corners and just make it 
to make it fit in. I think the only mm-hmm. directors that they don't like restrain as much are James Gunn, which is a little surprising considering he wasn't even a big name when he was brought on, but those movies still feel distinctly his own. And uh, Taika Waititi. Mm. It's kind of the, like, you know, Kevin Feige is like the overseer in like all of this. Yeah. So I, I do see what you're saying. It's it, it does seem that like, you know, they give these great creatives, like you said, and then it's like, oh, but it needs to be like the Disney-fied version yeah. of everything. And like, you know, it's like, obviously sometimes studio interference is a good thing, but oh, yeah. depending on the situation, and because yeah. I know um, Patty Jenkins was supposed to, was she supposed to do Squadron or, or she wanted to do something Marvel related, but she got Thor two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And then she had said that, you know, they don't, it's just, you know, she wasn't really able to bring what she wanted to. But like sometimes it's a really great thing, but then we also see, you know, something like the air cut. It's like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. But one thing that I noticed right away, even though I wasn't like big on that first 35 or 45 minutes, this felt distinctly Sam Raimi. Yes, it did. And sure. the further and further it got along, it felt more and more his personality, even more like his Evil Dead, like Drag Me to Hell personality, even more than like his Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. with, I love, that might be like, and I'm not using hyperbole, like this, the scene has stuck out to me so much. Like, my favorite cut to credits moment was that abrupt shot of that third eye growing on Doctor Strange's head because it was yeah. just like, what? <laughs> like, is that is that supposed to be a happy ending or is that supposed to be like a what is going on? And it was that. That felt Sam Raimi, the camera movements. This movie, for the first, again, the first like act of it, I'm like, this isn't a horror movie. And then that scene where Wanda like contorts her body is crawling out of the mirror. I'm like, what um. the hell? So she scary. was that on was a mission. Freaky. <laughs> and even that oh, scene man. where uh, Professor Xavier is like going into that like white space with Wanda mm. there, terrifying. Or when they're in like that sewer, yeah. waiting with the jump scare. This movie's Dude. actually kind of scary. Like this is like the first like Marvel movie I think with like legit jump scares. I it love this. It was legit scary. Because think about, yeah. First off, I just want to go back to how great of a director Sam Raimi is with that um, Xavier scene, right? You have him standing, and it's framed really, really. It's eerie, even though nothing's happening. Yeah. It's so creepy, but it also has the same um, like color palette as X three. So it looks yeah. kind of like that last stand flashback. Which I feel like was very intentional because it felt like he was going to visit Jean Grey, right? Yeah. And I just love yeah. the nuance and subtlety in that moment. But going back to what you were saying, Nate, about how terrifying this is, the third act of this movie, the final battle of this movie, Doctor Strange is puppeting his own corpse that he yeah. buried at the beginning. This is something out of Rick and Morty. He buried at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In his backyard, and now he's puppeting it to fight the Scarlet Witch, which is just insane. I need to see this movie again. That was, <laughs> yeah. And he was giving that like emotional speech to America Chavez yes. while he's a corpse. Like 
I love that. Like, yeah. I love... It almost felt like he was making... And not the same personality, but the same touch he does with, like, Bruce Campbell's, like, Ash Williams and his Evil Dead movies. Like, yeah, ha- he's still the hero, but he's going through the most weird, bonkers stuff, like, that Marvel would let him get away with, with Doctor Strange. And surprisingly, they let him get away with quite a bit. Yeah, more than, like... The PG-13 movie, I was like, yeah. wow. Because... <laughs> I remember somebody was like, oh, could uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness be rated R? And I'm like, I was just like laughing that off. I'm like, if the Batman can't be rated R, like, right. there's no way. This is Disney. No, this movie's like dark. You see her like Scarlet Witch like <laughs> snapping necks like she's a monster. Yeah. Well, we kind of see mean, that even when, uh, when, when Thanos got killed, when uh, Thor yeah. like, beheaded him. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. It feels like every few movies Marvel's allowed to, to like go really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it must be the reward system. <laughs> right? Or it's yeah. you get one decapitation or one next stab every three movies. That's the deal. <laughs> I just remember how like freaky it was in Falcon the Winter Soldier, like when John Walker's like beating the guy with the shield and seeing that with like the blood. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I like my Marvel movies, like, light and everything, but I also like having those hints of, like, the edginess there. Yeah. Like, you don't need to make it R, but you could still have it, have those moments of darkness where you don't need to chip in and add the humor. And I think mm-hmm. this movie did really well with, like, doing that. Yeah. I, I also think Marvel does a really good job of setting that up, though, right? Because yeah. they get you into that oh, there's a Marvel formula, these all feel the same. And then out of nowhere, yeah. they hit you <laughs> with something like this. And yeah. it's like, we've, we've watched horror before. This is not the scariest thing you're ever No, seen. no, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Even, by, <laughs> even by PG-13 standards, it's not uh, that bad. But no. for Marvel, it came out of nowhere. And that by yeah. itself was effective. Yeah. Yes. It's, I know it's the whole Marvel formula thing. It's like, I get kind of tired of people saying that because it's like, this is a cinematic universe. Like, things are going to feel the same. Like, it does feel like, I mean, Marvel is a factory. Like, they pump these things out. And, like, in in retrospect, it's like, I mean, I guess you could say, besides, like, Captain Marvel, because that was just shoehorned in right before Endgame. That's the only reason, Mm -hmm. the main reason why I didn't like it. And it's like, she wasn't a very layered character to begin with, but <clears throat> it's like with with the formula, it's like there's there's nothing wrong with it. Like it works. Like you know, we have these surprises. Not everything necessarily feels the same, but it's like I mean, it is a comic book story. So it's like people need to understand that like this is ad- this is adapting something that's been a- around for decades, and it's yeah. like they're they're literally just mimicking, you know, changing and adapting specific things, you know, to kind of work for a cinematic experience but it's like i mean it's all coming from the same place so does does that mean that you know marvel comics or dc comics itself is formulaic i mean probably so it's like it's it's just mimicking what came before in a different format but like to say that oh you know like not every single marvel movie needs to be something different because like it works and like it just like overall they're I can't say there's objectively been like a 
bad. Like when I say bad Marvel movie, I mean like just downright like MCU movies. Sorry, not Morbius yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> objectively, there really hasn't been like a bad <laughs> MCU movie. Like I mean, I didn't really care for Captain Marvel all that much, but like I don't hate it. And I feel like that's a very strong word because a lot of I feel like a lot of critics are overcritical sometimes about certain things, especially. It always seems to go back to like superhero movies and whatnot, but it's like they they've really they've done a great job with like there's so many different genres in, within the MCU and we're finally starting to get some more of the horror aspects and people may not like it and that's fine because horror not isn't everyone's favorite. I used to hate horror movies when I was younger, but now I like them a lot. There's still some I won't touch: Insidious or Conjuring. Um, <laughs> just stay over there. <laughs> But mm. I, I just uh, sometimes I just kind of get annoyed. Everyone's like, "Oh, like Marvel's formulaic." It's like say say something else that's quote unquote wrong with Marvel instead of saying yeah. formulaic all like over and over again because you just people sound like a broken record when they say that. And it's like, is there any other like you know valid criticism that you can come up with besides? Oh, they all feel the same. It's like, well, I mean. Who cares? Like it's super. Like this is the this is as much superhero stuff we've gotten in like yeah. forever. Like all we have growing up was it was Spider Man and X Men. That was like it and Blade if you were old enough. But it's like that's all we had. Like I mean, superhero fatigue, call it superhero fatigue, whatever. But it's like I'm glad these characters in stories like um, Doctor Strange too, as incomplete as it does feel, are like we're finally getting to that point where like it's a learning thing you know like with every new movie that marvel comes out with and even dc like they're still learning within the process and it's like not every movie is going to please everyone but they haven't really made like a like objectively bad movie for the mcu yeah and go ahead sorry about that (laughs) i was gonna say because i've been that snarky guy i think i've even been like that earlier i'm like oh they're all following following a formula but i look back it does work i mean i like almost all the marvel movies i even like captain marvel surprisingly like the only one that i actually think is bad to like in my mind is Mm. the second thor movie but like all of them yeah some are better than others but they work and i think they've gotten better with movies like this or guardians or what how thor love and thunder looks to be or even how moon knight is right now where they feel they can follow that storyline but i think they're starting to treat more of their filmmakers like they did with james gunn Mm. or i could take and letting them kind of you know do their thing because it looks that way even Eternals, I know that movie didn't get the best reviews, mm. but that was, I could see a lot of Chloe Zhao's, like, touches in that movie, because that movie isn't really how a lot of, like, the Marvel movies, like, play out. Right. It was very, very self-serious, like, I know there was it, I know there was a stupid Ikea joke, but, like, <laughs> other parts of it it felt like they were trying to do like an epic, mm. like a near like, like a three Greek mythos epic. epic type. Thing yeah, almost. yeah. Which is so uh, to me, one of like the film's faults is that it never it, it wanted to go there, 
but we didn't spend enough mm. time in each time period for it to be effective yeah. for me. But yeah. I'd rather yeah. them try and go there than to keep just pumping mm. out Ant Man movies. You know, like make make yeah. sprinkle in something different once in a while, even if yeah. it doesn't work all the time. It's 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 like the Star Wars effect. Like people, like you know, Force Awakens comes out, amazing. I absolutely love it. Everyone's like, well, yes. it's too much like a new hope, and it's like okay. Then we give you the Last Jedi. And they're like, oh my god, this is so, like, you know, they're like, we want something different. They give you The Last Jedi, and they're like, this is terrible. We need to go back to, you know, what it was before. And then, surprise, surprise, Rise of Skywalker's still crap. And it's, like, written and directed by Reddit. Like, this is literally what that movie was. Yeah, pretty much. Like, Disney had an opportunity to move Star Wars into a different, you know, in, into a different avenue. And, like, Marvel's doing the same thing. They're trying out different genres. I mean, like Eternals, I feel is like one of the more mature Marvel movies today, along with this when it comes to the horror aspect. But it's like they're they're trying different things, and then they they get pegged and like shunned and shamed for like Eternals or for uh, Multiverse of Madness, things of that nature. They try to do something different, and then but then people also want to see the form, like you know, the formulaic. And it's almost as if someone from uh, someone from Twitter, I can't remember what it was, like, you know, the big twist of Moon Knight from episode four with the uh, insane asylum and whatnot, like them being in purgatory and whatnot. Everyone's like, oh, well, that's not all the comic creators are like, well, that's not that's just from the comics. That's not like a mind twisting thing. It's like out of all these years that people have been complaining that the MCU is not like the comics, the one time that it is. You're still complaining. You cannot yeah. win with people when it comes. And I think I was actually talking to Mike about it when yes. I mentioned that <laughs> he's like, you can't. It's it's a lose lose. It's it's a catch twenty two. Like you're you're screwed either way. What's funny about that specific thing is that Moon Knight is a character. Did y'all even know that character existed before Marvel announced the show? Like I not... heard of it maybe once or twice. Maybe you know in passing. I knew the but... name. Yeah, yes. Lego, the Lego games. I knew he was there, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's cool. But that's about it. But exactly right. So a Moon Knight twist following the comics is still a twist for most people. Yeah. So especially people I mean, who don't read comics. <laughs> it's not like it's not like this was a Batman movie trying to play up the Waynes dying as a as a surprise twist, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's a character most people have never heard of. Like, they tricked people into thinking that Stephen Grant was the main personality <laughs> for, like, was. half the series when that's that wasn't the case in the comics. It was Mark. And yeah. they finally revealed that, and that took half the audience by surprise. Yeah. It's great. But I want to go back to something you said earlier, Christian, about how this is basically, it's, this is the Marvel Universe the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of these characters, right? It mm -hmm. reminds me of a comic book run where a specific writer, artist come in, they do, they do the character for however many years they want to do it, mm -hmm. and then somebody else comes in. That's what it feels like is happening, where the mm -hmm. MCU is taking these ideas, taking these stories, and the run mm -hmm. was the Infinity Saga. Phase four is the one-shots, right? Where a different writer, a different director comes in, they tell one story, and then somebody else comes in. That's basically what happened with Thor, right? Mm -hmm. Taika comes in, gives his spin on Thor. He might leave. Somebody picks up Mighty Thor. And so I feel like that is the area we're in where 
Marvel is basically being like a comic book. You pick exactly. one up, you might not like it. You just like if you don't like Eternals, you just know not to come for Eternals too. That doesn't mean you swear off of Marvel <laughs> as a fan, <laughs> right? Like in comics, I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan. I'm, I'm just not going to read Green Lantern. I'm just going to pick up Teen Titans and go on my way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to swear off these <laughs> comics. And that's something you mentioned Star Wars. That's something I wish Star Wars understood because we don't know what's happened with that Ryan Johnson trilogy, right? We, oh, the Book of Boba Fett felt like the Mandalorian, and it's like, let them do their own thing. Let them have their own separate audiences so more people can enjoy Star Wars instead of yeah. catering to one type of fan. The, it, it's yeah. With, with Star Wars, it it seems that Disney is afraid or hesitant to move forward outside of the Skywalker saga. Because again, yeah. they tried to do that with the Last Jedi. It was in the palm of their hand. It was right there. And then I loved the ending of the Last Jedi. It was it was amazing. And even Kylo Ren said, "You're holding on. Let the past die." Like. This man could kill it if you have to have to. And I, I loved what Ryan Johnson did with that. And it, it exactly with, with Marvel. It's like, you know, this is just the comic book run in a cinematic universe format. Like you said, you know, yeah. Like Frank Miller's Batman and you know, those runs and things of that nature. So it's, everyone has their own take on the character. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool if you had like the same director doing every Marvel movie though. It's like, that's not how you run a business. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's not how you sell and like market these products. Like you, you're you supposed to get, you know, different minds of, oh, you know, Patty Jenkins wants to do Wonder Woman. Then maybe after a few runs with her, someone else wants to pick up the, uh, the character and have their own, you know, adaptation of Wonder Woman. And I, even with like Spider-Man, I know I've, I've listened to, I forgot what podcast it was. They were saying that like, as much as they love Spider-Man, there's a version of Spider-Man in their head that will essentially trump everyone else's because that version in their head hasn't been adapted and probably never will just yeah. because it's like you know same thing with superman and Bat- oh batman doesn't kill superman doesn't kill like from man of steel and it's like well that was the Zack snyder's vision of the character just like if Zack snyder were to make a comic book run it would probably be the same thing and it's like you yeah. said mike if you don't like it that's fine like there's there's like 25 other films out there plus more like a re- they're doing a retreat marvel is doing a retreat kevin feige's going off to like costa rica or something with all of marvel studios <laughs> and they are planning the next 10 years of marvel at least we have a plan with marvel studios unlike star wars because it seems the star wars are very hesitant after the backlash of last jedi then after you know rise of skywalker they're like okay we're not doing anymore Marvel, um, excuse me, Star Wars movies. It's like Marvel has been pumping out, the, and it, it is so impressive of where we are right now with multiverse yeah. madness. Because if you would have told me all this crap was happening when I was a kid, I would have been like, "What are you talking?" Like, yeah, right. Like, it's it's such a great time, like, to be a comic book fan. Like, regardless if you watch like, you know, the old shows or read the comics in general, like, it's reaching a wider audience. Like you guys said earlier with WandaVision, like, um, you know, parents were getting involved into it, and it's like, it's 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 such a magical universe, like, call it the same, call it whatever. It's, it's, 
it's insane. I, I'm, I'm, I love it, and I'm, I'm here to stay. <laughs> the fact that you were so invested in Wiccan and Speed alone shows how powerful the MCU is. I was right? like, yes, I get like, I, I love, you know, Teen Titans. I love Teen Titans. Like, I love like, you know, the miniature versions, like the younger heroes who are still trying to figure things out. Like, granted, Speed and Wiccan are probably still like ten years old, eleven, maybe twelve. So it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I really wish we would have seen a little bit of their powers. Because, like, man, when the X-Men comes to the MCU, I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get Wiccan Speed in a couple years. Um, I hope so. Because if, if you know anything about their characters, they have the same drive and love for their mother that she has for them. So there might be a multiverse multiversal version of those kids who gets a hold of the dark hold and travels to our universe mm-hmm. to find their mom. And yeah. that would be an incre- incredible Scarlet Witch series. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. So I get Kevin Feige on the phone right now. <laughs> uh, he probably got it on his blackboard in Cancun. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Venice, baby. <laughs> Guys, was like, Nate, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with Multiverse of Madness? I know we've been all over. I'm sorry. I went on a rant. I do apologize. No, no, but that was awesome. It's great because a movie this scale has us thinking that big, right? Which I feel like the Multiverse of Madness had us going all over the place. It's kind of fitting. So don't apologize. (laughs) 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 But Nate, any thoughts on anything else? I mean, I know I've been I kind of ragged on this movie a lot, but like I really did like like it quite a bit, and I think yeah. I like how they kept it weird. I like how it was distinctly Sam Raimi's movie. And I like how they kept it not banking on like fan service or nostalgia, but on making this a personal story of Wanda. I don't think the strange and uh, Rachel McAdams storyline that was the one thing I wanted to touch on because yeah. I love. Rachel McAdams like anytime she pops up she'll be the bright spot of like even a terrible movie but I in the first movie I just felt like she was kind of wasted like she was just there to be the love interest the ex-girlfriend of Doctor Strange and it's like why are you gonna use like she's an Academy Award nominated actress like hey at least she has not the prominent YouTuber uh it's funny you mention that Nate because it 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 makes me think of the other love interest right it makes you think of Pepper Potts or Peggy Carter and like the love interest in the Marvel movies they they actually play play vital roles in the story and I love most of them um Mm -hmm. the only one that I really don't get into is um Wasp but aside from that, yeah. I feel like every love interest, aside from the Incredible Hulk, have been really <laughs> solid. And so it's kind of weird how, yeah, you have Rachel McAdams, great actress. She can, she could have, she has the chops to be Scarlet Witch. She could have been Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Oh yeah, she could. Yeah. yeah. And in, they have the Night Nurse character, but they don't let her do anything because Rosario Dawson was basically that character on Defenders. So they kind of, they kind of played into that in this film. But still, they didn't give her a lot. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I I liked her arc better here than in the first one. But at the same time, I just don't feel like even – I feel like their 
Love and Thunder, because I know a lot of people ragged on uh, Hemsworth and Portman's like chemistry, but I feel like Love and Thunder is going to fix a lot of that. Whereas this, I just still don't feel like there's that much like chemistry between Benedict Cumberbatch and like Rachel McAdams, where I could see like, yeah, they were sleeping together at one point. I forget you know? every single time that they're dating. Like, yeah. At, like I watched the I watched Doctor Strange one, the same day we went to see Multiverse of Madness. Oh, did you? And okay. it it caught me by surprise when he said we were lovers, and it's like, yeah. huh, I forgot that detail about this movie. Then I go into this movie the same day and I forgot <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, until no. he goes to like the memory bank and he sees, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys did a terrible job setting this up because I forgot it twice in one day. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I like the first uh, Doctor Strange. I mean, I, the first time I watched it, I kind of liked it, but um, that's because I was in college and I was poor. Uh, <laughs> but like when I watched, like it, that was like before, like we kind of like started the podcast and everything. But um, I, I remember I've only seen it maybe I think it's actually only been once. Maybe I do need to revisit it because the only thing I rewatched before this was WandaVision. And the uh, that connected more than that one did. <laughs> <laughs> that and um, the Doctor Strange episode of What If, um, you know, if he lost his hands and uh, heart instead of his hands, because that that was very tragic. Yes. Um, and I think that kind of played into this as well. But yeah, I I don't know. Like it, it's it's kind of like you know we don't see them as a couple even within the first. Doctor Strange is kind of like, you know, that time is long past. And this yeah. is kind of like, you know, the aftermath of everything. But it's still sad to know that, like, within, like, every universe we visited, it's like either, Doc, you know, uh, Strange is dead or it's like they just it didn't work out with um, with the Richard McAdams. It's like, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, you know, they care about each other yeah. so much. But like they said in the movie, what, you know, uh, Doctor Strange always has to be one the one holding the knife like has to be the one in charge and like that's his biggest flaw and it's like you know we kind of see that but yeah it's it's just this is very heartbreaking to kind of yeah the one time i felt like their romance was in that what if episode where mm -hmm. yes i remember i wasn't like enjoying what if that much until that episode where that was some of the best storytelling i've ever seen like in the mcu Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. it was so it had that sense of like it almost felt like black mirror where it had that sense of like existential dread you usually in the movies benedict cumberbatch like plays and he's always these larger than life you know characters are doing like something like how he does like power of the dog he's a very peculiar kind of character i mean he has his own insecurities but he's also very abusive towards like his sister-in-law I think the only time that he's really been sympathetic is like imitation game or but, um, the electrical life of Louis, uh, Louis Wayne. That oh was a good one yes. Too. Yeah. That was a really good one. But in that episode, like you felt like devastated for him. Mm. And I think just bringing that episode like back into my head, like while watching that movie, when we saw the dark doctor strange, it kind of helped me buy into that romance like a little more yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, that that was a that was a great episode. What if? Yeah, like they're few and far in between for that. Like, I mean, I was surprised <laughs> that they gave us Cap, you know, Captain Breton or Captain Carter, but it works. Um, well, for the time she was on screen, but <laughs> rest in peace. I was like, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's interesting um, that you bring that up because that's one of my issues with this film. Right? Is that I wanted to understand Doctor Strange and his relationships with these people, right? Like, what is his relationship with Wong? We don't really get a lot of that. Um, especially <laughs> out of all the times we've seen him, and I said this in my review, um, Doctor Strange is essentially the Black Widow and Hawkeye of Phase 4, right? Where he is a character who's always there, but the story is never really focused on him specifically. Mm-hmm. And it's a like Black Widow, he's a character I feel like everybody loves Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Yeah. He loved the character. Yeah. But even in this film, he mentions a sister that we never heard of. And oh, it was yeah. at that point in the film where it's like, we know nothing about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we never we never will essentially because I unless they tackle it in the third film, it feels like he's the sorcerer supreme, you know in duty, not title. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and he's just going to be in that thing. And you mentioned that earlier, Christian. It's tragic, right? Because we know that throughout all of the multiverse, he's never going to truly be happy. This is just his life. It's his curse. The speech yeah. Tobey Maguire gives at the end of Spider-Man 1, right? It's his gift. It's his curse to be Doctor Strange. <laughs> but nice theme there, Sam Raimi. I see what you did there. <laughs> but... <laughs> What are you going to call Spider-Man? Doctor Strange has already taken. (laughs) I love how that comes full circle like 20 years later. It's so great. (laughs) Um, But it's just, I wanted more from his relationship with with this main cast, even with Mm -hmm. America, right? We know that she was very distrusting at first because of what Supreme Strange did. But I didn't understand what made our Strange different. Mm -hmm. Because by all accounts, they were the same person, right? Yeah. But for some reason, he made the decision to save her and not to kill her. And it's like... I guess that was that, that's, different. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I feel like the multiverse scope was a little too small, because I feel like mm-hmm. that's a chance to show the evil strange, to show a strange who's been pushed too far or one who's too cocky, just so we can see ours is the perfect middle ground of all of them. Instead, everything felt too similar to our reality. Even the Illuminati, it's like, okay, um, I'm sure Reed is on our Earth. We had a Steve Rogers. We also now have Sam. Nothing's really different. And if Black Bolt from Inhumans is on our Earth anyway, he's he's on the moon somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's a really good point. That Yeah, it's... And I was, it, like you said, I was trying to figure out, like, they're like, oh, this strange is different. It's like, well, why? How? Like, right? yeah, he saved her. Okay, cool. But, like, I mean, the smart thing probably would have been to do, like Juan said. He's like, kill her. But it's like... Especially when you have Wanda, right? She makes the point of she's the only Wanda in the multiverse who doesn't have her kids. And that... Which is also it, very tragic. Which is Going. tragic, but that also makes you understand, right, why she's the way she is. Because yeah. she's basically feeling like, how come throughout all of the multiverse, I'm the one who can't be happy? And yeah. that drives her. Whereas yeah. Strange, I can't tell 
what makes them different. Whereas that one line of dialogue yeah. tells me everything we need to know about our Wanda. Yeah, especially when she was like, you know, you, you know, you break the rules and like, you know, they kind of mentioned, you know, the Infinity Stone situation where it's like, oh, you know, was there really never like any other way type situation where he effectively, you know, I guess you could say ruined or changed everyone's lives for five years. And then, you know, Wanda saying, you know, like, oh, I break the rules and, you know, I get pegged for the villain. That doesn't seem fair. And she's, she's right. It's like, you know, all out of all, even the uh, Sokovia Accords, everything that has happened up to this point, where it's like all these heroes and like characters have gotten away with murder, literally. But then when Wanda takes over a town, doesn't kill anyone, gives them, you know, you got the great health benefits, you know, the great new jobs, whatever, whatever. (laughs) The kids are upstairs sleeping in their beds, doesn't fit like she doesn't like physically harm them but like mentally like she's like unknowingly torturing them like the unknowingly one time she... too though remember it's not like she was a monster at that point in time right she's like well yeah. i'm gonna take over this town and you know make everything mine like no she was grieving she you know she she lost her brother she's lost her parents she lost vision and where she, she lost the to... avengers too her family. yeah yeah and it's like she had to watch the love of her life die twice and it's like everything's kind of just i don't know she she's spiraling out of control but she was right it's like you know uh, you know dr strange says something and it's like oh it's fine it's good for the good humanity and then when she does it oh she's a monster she's a witch it's like she literally said in the movie like i just want my kids back but like you said mike it it's like you know she tries to like take kids you know her kids from another version of herself and it's like you know what happens to that Wanda and like you know those kids and we kind of see that where like they were afraid of her and she's like no 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 and then when you know she kind of meets herself and the other version of herself says you know like they'll be loved she kind of comes at peace but it's like she's starting to realize what she it's like relearning the same lesson over with Vision like she understands that you know Vision is gone she's kind of come to terms to that but it's like, you know, she has her kids and it's like, you know, that's your next of kin. Like that is literally, literally a part of her, you know, she fabricated them into existence. So it's like, right. it's crazy to think about. And it's like, I don't know. That was People a great was, line. All mothers do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone, oh, you know, Juan hasn't been, uh, you know, punished properly. I'm like, what are you going to do with her? Like, that's like trying to punish Superman. Like, what are you going to do? Like, honestly, what are you going to do? i will say i've already seen like some reviews saying like oh this feels like it's undoing wandavision where i feel like i disagree where i felt like this was a natural progression of her character Mm -hmm. i mean i know it in the penultimate episode of wandavision we saw her like super heartbroken distraught after the events of endgame that led to the events of wandavision but she's even more messed up probably after the end of WandaVision, after everything that had happened. I mean, yeah, yeah. she can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go back to like saving the world with the Avengers. She just... Right. Yeah. I mean, she realizes she messed up with like putting that whole town under her spell mm. and then like having that made herself that perfect life basically having to say goodbye to the love of her life again, 
having created these kids that she felt were so real that she had this such a strong bond with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't feel authentic if there wasn't some kind of turn. Yeah. I mean, or distance or coldness with that character. And I'm glad that they did that. Mm. I know this character has its massive fan base, but at the same time, you can't have them, you can't have her just be perfect. Like, you need to show the best, the Marvel characters that I think work the best are the ones where they show, I mean, they're superheroes, but they also have some flaws. That's what's always, it's always what's attracted me to the character of the Hulk. It's always what's attracted me to Iron Man. Yeah. Is that, yeah, they've done some very questionable stuff, like creating weapons or, you know, having, like, no control over your emotions or things like that. Yeah. But, like, I felt like that just made her character all the more powerful and, mm. in a way, all the more relatable. Yeah. It's like, I mean, think about Darth Vader. Like, the problem... The- He's like the biggest mofo in the entire galaxy, and it's like we see how how deep and complex, you know, like every we see, you know, the lead up for Wanda and like like her kids now. It's kind of like the only real connection she has with Vision because in this universe she had those kids with Vision. So it's like even with Darth Vader, like he, he's like the best like cinematic like movie villain ever because we see you know his, his humble upbringings and then him becoming a Jedi and then everything happening within the Clone Wars and showing how messed up the organiz- like the Jedi really are and then everything that happened yeah. with Ahsoka and then you know him not him being a um being on the council but not being rank grant uh like the uh, rank of master and everything else leading up to it and it's like you you kind of understand the result and like I'm, i understand why wanda is the way she is it's like yeah she hasn't necessarily had the perfect life and like that's <laughs> it sucks but it's like that's kind of like real life for a lot of people and yeah you know it, it changes you like you know as much as you want to and some and some people are just too far from saving i wonder if wanda is or not um we don't know because the last time we saw her just poof pyro so we'll yeah. see I don't know, but I, I don't know if she'll have that redemption arc. I kind of don't want her to. Like, just how uh, Kylo Ren should have been too far from saving. Because there are some people that it's just, it's, you know, no matter how much you try to reach out to, like, unlike Vader, that was a very Christian story of, like, you know, the redemption arc. But I kind of d- don't want her to be like, oh, like, Oh, I'm I'm good now. All of a sudden, like she has this big realization. Then everyone forgives yeah. her, and then everything's sunshine and rainbows, and half the world's on fire. But hey, Wanda's on our side again, so that's fine. <laughs> I felt like that's what was gonna happen with the way Wanda Vision ended. Yeah. But then you have her reading the Dark Hold, and mm-hmm. the Dark Hold corrupts your mind. And so, I feel like anybody who has an issue with how she's acting in this story has to remember. She's reading the Book of the Damned, and it is going to change her forever. Forever. <laughs> and and that's why you were talking, Nate, earlier about the ending with Doctor Strange and that third eye. It's like, what does that do to Stephen Strange? Yeah. You know, we, Ooh, yeah. I don't know, because the Darkhold is interesting. It's appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
It's appeared in Cloak and Dagger. It has now been in WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness. And it's always worked slightly differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is where it's most featured. It's like the MacGuffin of that entire season. And it caught like the the reader usually dying from insanity <laughs> in that oh, story. Okay. Until yeah. until Ghost Rider like takes it back to hell. It's a great season. It makes a shield. <laughs> but <laughs> it like I don't think it's gonna push Steven that far, but especially where the post credit scenes go. We didn't even talk about that. Like he's going to like the the Dormammu realm or whatever. Yeah, I saw with that. the source yeah. supreme. Interesting. <laughs> So like, yeah, Charlie, who is Charlie Thrub playing as? Like, who is that character? That is, ooh, what's the name? Is it Clea or something like that? Clea, yeah. I was yeah. reading up on her today, actually, and she's like, who becomes, he actually has a romance with her in the comics, I guess. So, mm-hmm. and I think that could possibly I don't know if they'll go that route. If he's just like, oh, I got to get over uh, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. but She's married in his timeline. He needs to get over that. It, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, she I think she also takes on the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme. Mm. Like, I, even though I had my problems with this movie, I and I did really like it, the post credit scene, it actually made me more excited for a solo Doctor Strange 3 than it's, like, than him showing up in another crossover event. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. who doesn't love Charlize Theron? I mean... That is true. And, like, her just popping up and just seeing... I think what they're hinting at with the next story is something that will be actually Doctor Strange-centric, oh, yeah. or at least yeah. him and Clea like almost like a co-lead but it will st- imagine them in uh mordo right you have yeah edgy for charlize and benedict leading that film Beautiful. great yeah <laughs> that's i do wonder if they'll get sam raimi back for it maybe i i hope so i, hope. I, I think I, he'd come back he seemed like he had fun making this one also. yeah, yeah. i also, feel like sorry go ahead oh yeah um because he was like burnt out by like Spider-Man three and you've heard all of these other directors. Like, I mean, I never really with like Josh Whedon, like that always rubbed me the wrong way when he was on the press for like age of Ultron and just like calling out Kevin Feige, like being like, I wasn't paid enough for this. I'm like, dude, you make like, you're a multimillionaire, like sit down, dude. You just made like (laughs) the biggest movie of the year. Shut up. But like Sam Raimi, he just seems even though he's like one of the most like prolific directors in the genre of horror ever, he just seems so grateful to like be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. and he's even like even after everything that went down with Spider Man three, he's still like, Yeah, I wanna do a fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not with uh Sony as the helm, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's gonna have to be like, Kevin's in charge of this one. <laughs> yeah. But like Sam Raimi is a big Doctor Strange fan. So like, yep. and that really has helped this movie. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that like, you know, the writing kind of clashed with like the direction of the movie. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I, I'm I'm terrible at picking up like what's good writing, what's bad writing. But I do know when things don't go as deep as they should, 
Um, so I, I don't know. Do you guys think that the, the writing and the direction kind of clashed with each other, or do you think it was in sync? Uh, I think the writing and direction was in sync. The writing could have been stronger, but I don't yeah. think that's to the fault of Sam Raimi at all. No, no, yeah. no. As a director, no. like, again, American Chavez's character needed more. I wanted more from Doctor Strange. Yeah. I wanted Wong to do something aside from hanging on a cliff for 35 minutes straight. <laughs> Strange! <laughs> yeah, you know, and so that I wouldn't pin on his directing clashing <laughs> with anything. That's just the story needed one more draft of tighten mm -hmm. things up here or yeah. add a line here. I don't think that's on Raimi, though. Yeah. yeah. I want to see Raimi do another Spider-Man. Not Tobey Maguire. I want to see, like, a Tom Holland, Sam Raimi. That's what yeah. I, I do. I, I mean, now what? Peter's life sucks. Now everyone's happy that Peter's <laughs> life sucks or whatever. They're like... I'm like, this is the first time we saw the character, you know, finally going through his high school phase as Spider-Man. Instead of yeah. like him graduating high school and then like, oh, he's kind of in between jobs and kind of sort of going to college and whatnot. But I mean, I would love to see Sam Raimi come back and do more MCU, whether it be Doctor Strange, if he comes back. I kind of hope he does come back for it because it, it seems that it is a match made in heaven. Like I mentioned earlier, he is a big Doctor Strange fan and like, why not? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, whether Wanda's in it or not, like he's. What, like, why did the man come back to show business? Have, have some fun, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I have... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's not a Justin Lin situation on a <laughs> Fast X. He, he pieced... I saw that video. That was so awkward. <laughs> just there like... I'm like, is this man being held hostage? It really felt like... Really That's like, like my new favorite movie. <laughs> like, Vin Diesel's the only person in the entire world who cares about that franchise. I'm sorry. <laughs> for real. For real. I have a quick question for you guys, though. Do we see the Illuminati return? Not that version, of course, but like 616 Illuminati. Probably at some point. Because, I mean, what's the point of introducing them if you're just going to kill them off and be like, oh, well, that's it. Like, you know, there, there, there has to be a, a 616 version of the Illuminati. I could see that happening in, like, Doctor Strange 3, where he's like, we need to create that same thing, but in our universe, just make it, I guess, safer? I don't know. Just don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. No, they, they, they always make the same mistakes. It's going to be the same Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could see him doing it, but I don't know. It could feel, like, almost a little bit too repetitive. He might, yeah. they might call it like a different, the concept of it might be the same, but like, they might call it a different name, pull from a different name from the comics. Mm. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're going to be that quick to pull, bring it back, that the Illuminati back. Yeah. Especially when like, Black Panther is a main member or main player in the Illuminati. Yeah. And so you can clearly tell we kind of slid Rambo in here. <laughs> to take T'Challa's spot. Yeah. And it was kind of awkward, because, like, of all the characters, why is she on this team? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why. It's supposed to be It's supposed to be T'Challa. Um, yeah. Or Tony Stark, and neither of those actors can or will come back for that. People yeah. were talking about having, what was it, Tom Cruise was, like, a Tony Stark yeah. guy, and I'm like, I just don't think, I think they're done with Tony Stark, guys. Like, just, yeah. 
just let it be there it's it's moved on but i mean yeah it's just phase four altogether like it it's a learning curve for marvel at the same time as it is for us trying to understand you know the multiverse because it's like it's just like with time travel like they're they're really you kind of just have to go with everything like not everything's going to make logical sense and not everything has to so it's like i would just let them figure it out because it's like i mean they're they're diving into something new it's like i'm sure dc is probably doing the same thing it's like you know not everything is just like okay like x y and z is there's just there's so much going on with the multiverse and i wonder if if it's gonna like begin and end with the phase four and then they move on to something else because like clearly like i guess king the conqueror is going to be the next big villain and then maybe galactus at some point i really don't know but you know we, we, like i said earlier in my uh non-spoiler review like actually no i don't even think i said it there i can't remember but we were only no actually i'm sorry i said it last night to somebody at our uh credit screening um sorry it's been a long day like we we can only see we we're not we can't see the full road of what they want to do you know like of, of yeah. where they plan to go like we can only like we we're only looking at small little pieces of a puzzle that's you know forming a larger picture so it is going to be hard to you know speculate you know one moment we may say oh you know like this doesn't seem like it's going anywhere the multiverse and then probably by sometime next this time next year we're gonna be like oh so that's what they were doing type situation so we really don't know until we get there so it's it's kind of like with with the tv series it's like hey you know it may start off a little bit slow but if if someone says oh but like it starts off slow like the office like u.s oh, office yeah. like season one is like probably one of the worst seasons of television ever but like it gets better yeah. so you have to yeah, view right. the mcu as that like hey like it's gonna get better like you're gonna you're gonna hit some bumps along the way but i mean it, it's just, it is what it is you know it's that's that's the the draw like that's kind of like the deal when it comes to like this large multiverse you know like cinematic universe they're trying to build because i don't really see any other studios trying to do the same thing so yeah. it's kind <laughs> of like well yeah dc <laughs> a little bit but it's kind of like you know marvel's had success with it and you kind of just have to take the faults you, you got to take the bad with the good like 100 yeah. percent, and just kind of roll with it totally totally it's interesting you mentioned that because it just reminds me of Thanos, right? When we introduced him in Avengers 1 nearly 10 years ago, he just smiles at the camera and a lot of the audience <laughs> is like, what is this? <laughs> and then, you know, eight years later, the, the Infinity Saga happens or comes to its conclusion and you're just like, oh my God, they pulled it off. And so I can see this being a similar way. Yeah. yeah. It's kind yeah. of amazing how well they gone along without really having a major mess up like i still think eternals got too bad of a rap like that did not deserve like that low of like a critic score i know it's an aggregator but like <laughs> I, there's thor too like i think that's like a bad movie <laughs> but like yeah as someone who didn't Eternal. like eternals loki was in thor too that's the difference. <laughs> uh, but hey, I love Age of Ultron, and everybody hates that movie. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's enjoyable. I love it. I love but, it. it was, Wanda. I was like, Quicksilver. Come on, like it was, it was great. Uh, all it was these <laughs> other cinematic universes, 
They've had some major stumbles. DC, they had the theatrical cut of Suicide Squad and, well, just Suicide Squad and then the theatrical (laughs) cut of Justice League. And the theatrical cut of BVS. Yeah. Exactly, just, like just BBS. I'm sorry, I do not like. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't either. But like, at least the ultimate edition is slightly better. Yeah, <laughs> or the Dark Universe with yeah. the Mummy, like, or the the MonsterVerse, the, the MonsterVerse. Yeah, I'm not even as big on that. I feel like that's pretty inconsistent as well. Like, I didn't like that first like Godzilla movie. Then I actually really like Kong Skull Island. Then I didn't like uh, Godzilla vs Kong, or is it Kong, or, uh, King of the uh, Monsters? King of the Monsters. Then I, I didn't like that. Then I had fun with uh, Godzilla vs Go- Godzilla vs Kong. Kong should have won. Just want to say yeah. that. <laughs> I'm more of a Godzilla guy, but it's kind of funny. I like yeah. the Kong centric movies more in that regard. But like <laughs> all these other things, like. Or the Arrowverse. Like, that's kind of a cinematic universe on television. Like, Rest in peace. Yeah. That thing is <laughs> I like... I haven't seen a single episode of Arrow. I... I haven't seen it. <laughs> I love The Flash for, like, the first, mm-hmm. like, three and a half seasons. Maybe not love, but I watched it. But, like, <laughs> even that is struggling. I mean, like, not everything they put out is a home run. And I think, like, the only it's not even a base hit. <laughs> no, bro. I watched se- seasons one through three of Titans. I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> I feel like the only thing in like the Arrowverse that they got really like right that I didn't even watch it, but like I felt disappointed when it was canceled was the Legends of Tomorrow because like I knew a lot about that show. I knew a lot of people liked it because it was basically almost like a self parody of the Arrowverse as a whole, Hmm, but just, it's just kind of amazing going back to Marvel. It's amazing how they've done it so well. And I guess, I guess I've learned a lesson today that maybe this kind of like control, this formula is good because it, it leads to a better franchise as a whole. I mean, maybe you need a couple age of Ultrons or Captain Marvel's or, to really like they can be just okay movies but then they'll make the strengths even stronger yeah it it's yeah. essentially quality control right so yeah. everything yeah. has to be at least a base level some may dip a little bit under or go way above but mm-hmm. it's always going to be right here it's always going to be ant-man that's essentially yeah. where I'm, what i'm saying is like it's never going to be worse than Ant-Man. <laughs> not that ant-man's bad it's, but it's... that's like the bar <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of like comparing like Marvel to almost I would say maybe even Nintendo like because yeah. because a lot of people would say oh like Nintendo just makes the same games over and over but it's like their stuff sells very yeah. well and people buy it over and over <laughs> and over and I feel like people kind of forget that like yes these are movies like they're trying to form a cin- cinematic universe but like they're also products of a business. Yeah. And you're not going to like everything. Like, I mean, I love Nintendo, but I don't like newer things. I mean, I love the Switch. I love what the Switch does. But it's like, I mean, if anything, like Nintendo just 
over and over. Like they're they're ever their green policy where every single like uh exclusive is like sixty bucks. Why? Because it sells and people buy it. And there's not one bug in a Nintendo game ever. But it's like some things may feel the same, but it's same with Marvel, but it's like it sells. And they have that quality control of you know, it just how how they want their games to ship, what they want them to be. Marvel's the same way, and there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I, I just get kind of tired of everyone acting like every single Marvel movie needs to be something new. It has to check all these boxes of it needs to be something new, something different. It needs to be out of the formula, and it has to be good. It's like that is literally impossible. It's yeah. kind of like I don't even take like Michael Jackson for example when it comes to like music, like. One of the best like entertainers, singers, dancers of all, all of all time, but not every single album or every single like song on, on one of his albums was necessarily a hit. Like I'm, the majority of his portfolio is fan freaking tastic, but he still has his duds, just like any other you know well renowned artist or you know when it comes to video games. Sony even Sony has a great track record of like their single player story driven, driven games, but like. They also have some things that they need to work out, but I mean, people still buy it. But it's like you, you can't check off every single box every single time with every single movie and needing to be different and needing to be out of Marvel, uh, out of the formula, and it needs to be good. It's like it, it's it's literally unrealistic expectations. Pixar people have. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was all I was thinking about. I mean, yeah, Cars too, but like besides Cars too, all of their movies have a bar like even the ones i don't like they're still better than a lot of the anime movies that like the western anime movies that like (laughs) come out today i'll give you some respect with that like um, i'm just sitting here laughing because you mentioned that it's like yeah like as much as we rag on the cars franchise or the good dinosaur or even monsters university they're still light years Light years better <laughs> than Boston. <laughs> I yeah. see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I'm. I just I get tired of unrealistic expectations where Marvel has to be different every time. And yeah, it's like so. Just just go along for the ride. Like you know, like it, you're gonna have your ups and your downs, and just just let it unfold the way it's going to unfold. It's going to be okay. (laughs) You'll live. (laughs) It's been a fun conversation, guys. Can't wait to have you guys back on for some more episodes. If you enjoyed this, people listening, we are covering Avengers for its 10th anniversary and Moon Knight. So there's a lot of Marvel stuff going on with the Chatter Actor. Um, Thanks for joining us again, Nate. Where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at NateKnowsMovies, or you can find me on Collider as a resource editor, an occasional critic. I have a review coming up soon for Pistol in the coming weeks, which is the Sex Pistol show on FX. So look out for that. Oh, yeah, interesting. Cenelodian, where can we find you, man? All right, so you can find our podcast, uh, Film Optics, that is Optics with an X, on podcast platforms around the internet, including... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, and then some. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Optics. Again, that is Optics with an X. Um, 
we have a lot of fun stuff. Like I said, you know, our non-spoiler review of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is up on the podcast now, as well as, you know, our episode, episode five of Moon Knight and our massive talent review and so many other things crazy uh, what's going on but tomorrow well as of this recording tomorrow's star wars day so probably by the time i listen to this star wars day is over but i do have a definitive star wars movie ranking of of the 12 star wars movies of course uh the rise of sky uh, of excuse me the skywalker saga um, that incl- um, and then also including the Clone Wars feature film, the animated one, uh, solo Star Wars story, and um, Rogue One as well. That's going to be dropping on the In Session Film uh, website on May 4th. So this is the May to check out my new uh, definitive ranking of Star Wars over there. So that's just a few places you can find our podcast and a few of my uh, other written pieces as well. Thank you so much, uh, Mike, for having us on. This was a great conversation. <laughs> like I, I, like I said, I apologize if I flew off the handle, but I was like, man, it's like, you know, th- there's always the good and the bad with any movie that you watch. There is really no right or wrong answer yeah. um, unless you're, um, you know, David Ayer's cut of the Suicide Squad <laughs> or, Justice, or, or Justice League or even Green Lantern for that matter. But you know, thank you so much for having us on. Like, this was a lot of fun, and like, yeah. I I just want to get back to the theater to watch Multiverse of Madness. Like, you know, I'm gonna take the bad with the good, like I got to do with my sports teams. You know, like <laughs> so. Yeah. For sure, for sure, guys. You can check us out on the Chatter After on Twitter, simply at the Chatter After. You can check this out in the podcast feed, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Radio Public. If you're listening in the podcast feed, you can watch the video feed too on youtube.com slash novacinephile. I've already got a review of Doctor Strange, spoiler free. If you're listening to this at this point, you don't need to bother with that video. I'm sorry. (laughs) But we do have, again, tons of Marvel stuff coming up on the channel as well, so stay tuned for that. Gentlemen, it has been an honor having you guys on. It's always a blast talking movies. Can't wait to have you back again. And until next time, Hey, Delta, New York. <laughs> <laughs>